Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everybody, it's Weird Islanders, the podcast back once again. My name is Dan. I am joined this evening by my friend Michael Leboff, as always. Hey Mike, what's going on? Yeah, not too much. Uh, pretty exciting to see where this one takes us because it's kind of runs the gamut of, of a, f- a bunch of funky years yeah. uh, with the Islanders. And, you know, it was last season when we did you know, Chris, Chris Simon episode, we ended up at a a story about Gar Snow and, and uh, the like Loudville or whatever it was called back then. And then we did the Craig Janney episode, which just basically became 20 minutes of us talking about how much we hated uh, Brennan Shanahan. <laughs> so these things end up in one place and, and uh, or start in one place and end up in, in a completely different universe. Um, and this one has, has plenty of potential to, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh these are some deep cuts here, uh, courtesy of our guest and we'll bring him on. Right now, you know our guest from his great work at Lighthouse Hockey for many, many years, writing and moderating. And uh, maybe you've seen him around Twitter or you follow him, or maybe you just know him because he's just an all-around great guy. His name is Mike Basili. Mike, what's going on? I am well, and I hope I live up to your intro. <laughs> That's my favorite part is uh, the intros. You definitely will. You are you already have. Uh, you are, you're a Lighthouse Hockey legend, so you've already uh, lived up to uh, that intro. I could do an even bigger intro, I'm sure. Um, well, and, uh, once you get into the time travel, then I guess anything's possible. <laughs> I, guess. I always wanted to finish that story, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had a lot oh, yes. of your- I had a lot of it written out, but it just time constraints meant I couldn't. I couldn't. I wanted to do it over the summer and finish mm. it, and I couldn't. It was just yeah. too much for me. I don't. I, I don't I, know if our search bar even works at the site anymore. But if you, if anybody's curious and wants to type in Butch Goring time machine, you'll find all kinds of crazy stuff in the, mm-hmm. the story. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was um, uh, it was uh, Matt Molson who invented the time machine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Matt Molson's time machine uh, during his uh, Spicoli days with the Islanders. Uh, but that's just <laughs> just a small sampling of the greatness that Mike brought to Lighthouse Hockey. But you have also brought its greatness here in this episode of Weird Islanders, the podcast, because when we sent you our list and you had took a look at it, uh, you came back with a concept that I hadn't even thought of when I, you know, threw guys, random dudes on this list. 
And uh, what you've come back with, I think, is great. And I think people will really appreciate it. And we're going to cover a lot of ground, as uh, Michael Leboff said before. Uh, so without any further ado, Mike Basili, will you please reveal the theme of tonight's episode of Weird Islanders, the podcast? Well, the theme is people who have much more famous relatives in mm. and out of hockey, people who you, you know, it's, I'm doing a bad job of explaining it, of course, but. <laughs> <laughs> my tongue um, doesn't have an eraser i apologize no that's all right that's all right well, well i think that the theme will be very clear once we start talking about our first weird islander uh and if anybody listening remembers this player's one game as an islander from 1997 i didn't even, I didn't even remember it i knew he was a draftee but i didn't know he actually made it yeah no, nobody remembered but I think the the theme of the episode will be very clear. So will you please reveal the first entrance into tonight's Weird Islanders, the podcast. The first entrance is the one and only Nicholas Vachon, the son of Rogatan Vachon, former Los Angeles Kings goaltender, who was eventually, I believe, selected to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Long overdue. Um, Yeah. Yeah, but Nick, yeah, Nick was much, I knew him. I was actually surprised when I discovered that he was an Islander draftee and not a goaltender like his father. Right. Because, of course, he is much more well-known in internet circles as Clark, the Canadian hockey goalie. My name's Clark, and uh, I've been a hockey goalie well, ever since I can remember growing up in my hometown of Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Uh, the only thing I don't like about hockey, though, is the fact that there's an offseason, uh, which is why I came down here. Uh, after last season ended, and uh, we lost in the championship game on a garbage goal by a guy who was clearly in the crease, I decided to try something new. I thought I'd give baseball a shout. Go Bears. At first, people expect me to play catcher. You know, because I like the chest protector and all. But I was like, no freaking way. I got way too much range for that. The shortstop it is. Yeah, so this was like a a short film that was made where this goalie was trying to play baseball. <laughs> it's kinda... and, it, and he decided he had too much range as a catcher because of the gear and all. He yeah. So he went out and played shortstop. <laughs> and uh, he looked pretty good in his dad's old gear, I'll tell you that. I mean, he, I guess if you... Fantastic. Yeah. If you could wear it, go for it, you know, if you can carry it around. But, uh, but yeah, no, Nick himself was not a goalie. He was a center, and he was drafted by the Leafs in 1990 in the 12th round. We love it when guys are drafted in rounds that don't exist anymore. I know. And, and especially yeah. back then, they would be like, you know, the 293rd overall right. pick or yeah. some crazy thing. And so he was signed as a free agent by the Kings, and I guess he probably thought, and everybody probably thought, well, of course, Rogi, why wouldn't the Kings sign Rogi Vachon's son? Well, then <laughs> a couple of months later, those same Kings traded him to the Islanders for a guy named Chris Marinucci, who is 100% going to be a uh, subject of this show as well. Oh, yeah. And that was where Nick got his one game in. One game, 1995, with the Islanders. It was uh, February 17th, 1995. Uh, about a month after he got traded to the Islanders, and uh, he said it was the greatest moment of his life being being playing for that one game. That was according to a, a story a story he did in the Kings for the Kings website, and uh, he went right back to L.A. and uh, he lives there. He coaches the Junior Kings. His son plays, so he's an L.A. guy. Rogie Vachon. Rogie played for a lot of teams. He played for the Canadians. He played for the Red Wings. Have Mainly- we ever had a second generation weird Islander? No, I guess this. Uh, yeah, no. Hey, Nick, Nick's son. He's, he may he might be in the running. <laughs> <laughs> in ten years, yeah, we'll yeah. still be doing this. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's a weird. He, he, this was a weird guy. I mean, needless to say, no goals, no no assists, no points <laughs> in that one game. Uh, that would have been a real story. But uh, there's not a lot of video from that one game. But I did find him fighting uh, in the IHL. He had a lot of IHL mm-hmm. time fighting future weird islander kip miller uh and uh getting by far the worst of it (laughs) yeah 
some action out there with Kip Miller and Vishon. I don't know what brought that on, but tempers are frayed, particularly on the part of the Grizzlies. And we may have an out. Now Kip Miller wants Vishon, and he's got him down, and they break it up. This is not the kind of thing you see from Kip Miller. He is not somebody who normally throws down the gloves, but something happened, and he really went after Vishon. Don't know what he got in on him or, as far as punches are concerned, but they will go to the dressing room as Vishon and Kip Miller. But, I mean, all right, I can't take this onto the Kip Miller detour right now, but um, <laughs> one of my one of my favorites ever. Uh, the The funny thing about you know, this, this kind of era of the Islanders, 96, 97. I really wonder how many people listening to this podcast and people on Long Island have the same thing I do, which is an Islanders 25th anniversary logo puck. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I see it every every time I go into my parents' basement. Like, I still see it. It's been <laughs> in the same spot since 1997. Hmm. Um, and it's, first of all, beautiful logo, beautiful anniversary logo. Uh it looks the Islanders 50th season logos is, is much more classy. I think that that one was a little more, um, nineties. Uh, yes. Yeah. I think so in a good way. I mean, it's still great looking, oh, yeah, but, oh, yeah. um, it's, if you go to the, the Islanders Wikipedia for the season, 96, 97, uh, my favorite part of it is the off season paragraph, which is one sentence long. Captain Patrick flatly leaves long Island signing with the rival New York Rangers. The team does not name a new captain until the 1997, 1998 season. So that just tells you what kind of you know, roster uh, maneuvering they were they were doing that ends up with them signing or trading for people like uh, Nick Vashon because they're you know they're thinking as all right you know, maybe who knows maybe he we we catch some some sort of roguey magic here um, right right oh, I mean the team was terrible but that that roster is is littered with like. If you go from one to ten, like the top ten players on that roster, there's some like really good NHL players on it. Um, mm-hmm. And then you go to the bottom, and you're like, oh, you look at it, you're like, damn, how is this team bad? And then you go to the bottom, and you're like, oh, well, you know, Nick Vachon is on this team, and so is, uh, you know, Jarrett Jarrett Dooling, whatever that is. And oh yeah. <laughs> so like, there's some, there are some. I don't even think Jarrett Dooling remembers she was an Islander. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a it. I mean. This is really like I guess this is the season where things really started to get off the rails. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe this is the year before, um, and then you just look at the roster and and remember that their coach was Rick Bonus, yeah, who <laughs> is he's, and he's still kicking it around. He, he, he's he's coaching. he's coaching the Jets. <laughs> he he coached the Jets before I was born in yeah. 1989. and he's coaching them again. What a what a beautiful team this was oh, it, 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 that was back when i was first starting to actually play myself and there's like little local podunk leagues um so i always say put that as a disclaimer because oh wow you played it's like now nah, i played old man hockey we we're all on foot <laughs> we all played with an orange ball it was you know it was basically for exercise and drinking beer in the parking lot mm. that was you know basically what we were best at but when we played one of the topics in conversation in the league it's like we'd go over the Islanders roster. This is going back 97, 98, 99 when all this was going on. And we'd look and we'd say, you took a, a, a roster of X Islanders still in the league. Like, I mean, those were decks so they had got just gotten rid of Luongo. They had um they had lost um Pierre Turgeon. Todd Bertuzzi was coming into his own. Palfi was still in the league. You took a, a group of those types of guys and put them to back together in one team, and you'd have a Stanley Cup contention. And if you took the Islanders' current roster and de-aged them five, ten years, you'd have another Stanley Cup contending roster. <laughs> so they would take they were in this situation where they would trade the future for the past and have nothing. Yeah. <laughs> they would they they wound up getting the worst of, of of all possibilities right. in every single one of those deals. Like, you know, you think about when they brought in guys like Trevor Linden and Wendell Clark and then traded them back away again. It's it just they they just never they never caught that they never caught that break. They were always like chasing their horizon. They never Well this that. was during the um the sort of height or Nadir, if you will, of the absentee owner era. This was oh, when yeah. John Pickett had cleared out. He was in Florida full time. 
he didn't he didn't i mean we joke about guys not knowing they were islanders themselves the owner of the team didn't know who was on the team either <laughs> and i remember mick vakota at one point joking that like you know they used to get christmas cards and be like who the hell is john pickett oh right he's the you know, like you know they didn't know who anybody were was because right. he's just a sort of floating weird team he'd, he'd yeah. vanished and then they had to force him to take the team back with the whole yes. john spano, spano yeah which, <laughs> which i guess just basically preceded nick Vashon, or i guess succeeded in nick Vashon's uh one game <laughs> as an islander now so how did nick Vashon got called up well again in this story at, at the king's website he says uh he got a call from mike milbury because he played with Mike Milbury in Boston, apparently, and they decided to call him up, and it was a shock. They had guys like – he said, we had guys like Ray Whitney, Jimmy Dowd, Mick Vakota, and Tabatuzzi. Ray Whitney did not play for the Islanders, so I don't know who on the Islanders <laughs> told Nick Vashon that he was Ray Whitney, but I'm sorry, Nick. Oh, either one to break it well, to you, but – I think if you look at the roster, you can probably figure it out. Yeah. The Islanders also drafted, quote unquote, the wrong Corey Stillman. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, maybe he maybe he just thought there were multiple Ray Whitneys. You know, Ray's I Whitney. I guess. How, how, would you, how would you pluralize that? Clones. Um, I'm guessing he was thinking of Claude LaPointe. <laughs> <laughs> they, they got, they, those two always got mixed up yeah. to, for one another. Uh, but, yeah. So, and, uh, and, he, and it was against the Kings that he played. So well, there you go. You know what's um, funny is thinking about, Rogi Vashon, who, yeah. you know, his, his salad days were, I guess, at the height of the Islanders' powers, right? Like, Yeah, right. he was big and in the 70s. he played for some yeah. terrible, terrible yes. teams, yeah. unfortunately. He was he was great, but yeah, his teams he, were the same with Butch. Yeah. And then, was, him and Marcel Dion and, and like, hmm. nothing. It yeah. was just, like, just tumbleweeds in the middle between the two of those guys. <laughs> but, it, I mean, do you think of – so, like, his – Rogi's kind of – view of the Islanders, I guess, mm. is, is, you know, the dynasty-ish, you know, even if it was right. after his, his salad days, like, and then you get that, that kind of team or aura, and then you put it next to, I would say from like 95 to 99, maybe you can extend mm. it to 2000, although I think signs of hope were starting to show in towards to the millennium with the new owners. But um, if you put those islanders next to this one it's like i mean i can't imagine a more you know pole or you know opposite dichotomy of, of two <laughs> of two different eras with the with, right. with with the same team and uh so he he must have walked into that building i'm sure the coliseum looked and smelled the same from when rogi was playing in it yeah uh, probably the same too yeah exactly <laughs> yeah right. um yeah. but uh yeah i mean a one, yeah. He's a one game, one game legend, and it looks like this team is littered with them. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, I'm sure Rogi was like, the "Oh yeah, the Islanders so are good, funny. right? They're good, right?" And then you look at oh, organization. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, really class. Anyway, uh, my my favorite thing about this Vashon story is you know he he gets to play, he gets to call up from Millbury, he gets to play against you know, the team that traded him, dad's team. He gets to do the intermission thing with, with uh, Bob Miller, of all people. He's so excited. It's the greatest moment of his life. And the next day he's at practice and Mike Milbury calls him in his office and sends him right the hell back down again. So that's the, <laughs> that's the, because uh, uh, they needed bigger forwards. So there you go. The Mike Milbury story in a nutshell. We're sending <laughs> you down to bring up two, two big chunguses that you, you are not. But anyway, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So if you remember Nick Vashon's one game, let's hear about it. Uh, in the comments <laughs> down yeah. below this story. Uh, and by next, the way, he, he referenced Jim Dowd in yeah. that Jim Dowd played three games with the team that season too. Mm. So it's <laughs> just it's Ray Whitney, wow. three games, Dowd. It, uh, maybe, maybe Nick, Nick was, was on something, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Jim Dowd's definitely going to be an episode of this show probably too. Uh, okay. Uh, so that's, that's the Nick Vashon story. And for a guy who played one game for the Islanders, uh, I think that's about enough. Uh, next up on the list is actually another sentiment. And this guy uh, amongst our three weird Islanders here is actually the most tenured Islander at a whopping 55 entire games in one season for the Islanders. So Mike, will you please reveal the next member of our Weird Islanders trio for tonight. Well, the second Weird Islander, also a center, uh, the one and only Ted Drury. Yes, 
Ted Drury. A second round draft pick of the Calgary Flames back when there were only, you know, that probably would have put him late in the first round or early in the second <laughs> yeah. round today because there are a million teams now. Right. Um, and, you know, was um, involved in some interesting transactions. Um, oh, yeah. He, um, he was traded to the Hartford Whalers. That's how long ago this was. Um, <laughs> he was part of a trade with a Gary Souter, as, as Down Gross Brown would say. He knew what he did. Uh, uh, he was part of the, uh, wait, uh, the one-time waiver draft uh, claimed by the Ottawa Senators. Uh, traded to Anaheim. Traded to the Islanders after that. And then was involved in another expansion draft. He wound up going to the Columbus Blue Jackets in June of 2000. And then wound up at the very, very end back with semi with Hartford because he joined them again in Carolina in 02 for the last bits of his career. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. The, the, the most astounding thing here is, like, and I know I know a lot I, I, more about Ted Drury than um, I care to admit, but <laughs> 414 games played in the NHL, this guy. Yeah. And all I think about him is, is kind of like the Islander tenure. Like, Oh, he played like I had a cup of coffee here, a cup of coffee there. And that was it. Mm. Uh, but I mean, he, this is a successful NHL career. Yeah. Which I mean, not, not many people get to 400 games. I believe that qualifies for your full, full pension with, from the NHLPA. So man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. I mean, f- f- 414 games, 41 goals, 52 assists, 94 points. Like that's not bad. He played for Calgary, Hartford, Ottawa, Anaheim, which was where he played the most games, New uh, Islanders and Columbus, which he only played for one game. The list of guys who played for the Whalers and Blue Jackets, I think is very small. And I think it's Ched Drury and Jeff Sanderson. And that's, Anderson, it. Yeah. <laughs> that's about it. I'm sure I'm forgetting a bunch of people, but that those two, you wouldn't think that like those two teams had any kind of like sort of intersection. Uh, Sanderson has a son. I think he's oh, playing now. Yeah, he's with Ottawa now. Oh yeah, yeah. All oh, right, yeah, yeah. Jake. That's yeah, right. Jake. Yeah, but um, Jake Sanderson, I think. Yeah, but uh, Ted Drury. So yeah, so you know he played 55 games for the Islanders. So well, we can run through the whole thing. Yeah, as as Mike said, traded in a big deal for with Calgary. Was sent with Paul Ranheim and Suter to Hartford for Michael Lean- Michael Leanlander, James Patrick, and an all time favorite of everybody that played NHL hockey on Sega Genesis in the 1990s, Zarly Zalapsky. Now. This is an enormous trade that also included Ted Drury. Like there's a lot of guys in there that are famous. Ted Drury's not one of them, but he was in that trade. So good for yeah, him. It's like one of those, we'll give, this isn't balanced. Well, take right. one of these five guys and you know, they, they, oh, okay, Drury. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like Mike said, picked up by Ottawa in the waiver draft, which does not exist anymore. Traded by Ottawa to Anaheim for Sean Van Allen and Jason York, which is also kind of a medium-sized trade. Traded by the Anaheim to the Islanders for two guys. Two guys they traded for Ted Drury. Legendary Islander, also for one season, not legendary, will be an episode of this this podcast. Tony Herkus, the great Tony Herkus, and Dean Malcock, who I think played two games for the Islanders maybe one year. Uh, He got picked up by the Blue Jackets in the expansion draft. There's a trivia question for you. Who who did the Islanders lose in the expansion draft to the Columbus Blue Jackets? It was Ted Drury. <laughs> and uh, he played one whole game for them. Uh, and uh, he was also signed by New Jersey, but he never uh, he never ended up playing for them. He ended up getting traded to Carolina, but he didn't play for either of them. But the reason oh, – oh, actually, before I move on, Ted Drury, though, as we joke around, actually had a pretty decorated career in the NCAA. I believe he's in some sort of like uh, – 
Hall of Fame or something. I think what do you play for BU or BC? One of those two. I believe it was. I believe it was. Uh, yeah, um, British, um, British Columbia. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Boston College. The other BC. <laughs> Boston yeah, College. The, the, yeah. Um, our also, BC, not those Canadian BC. No, no, no. The good BC. Uh, but uh, he also played in a couple World Juniors, a couple Olympics, a couple World Championships. He played in Germany for a while. His also his father played too. Jack Jury was uh, was. Uh, Yes, yes. Um, the reason he's here is because he does have a, a very particular relation in the NHL that is much more famous, kind of on the Rogi Vachon level. And who is that? Chris. <laughs> Mike is a huge fan, as we all know, <laughs> of Rangers general manager Chris Drury. And Ted is his brother. Uh, and, and, too and much. I correct myself. Jack is the son of Ted and not the other way around. Yeah. No, but he had, I think, I think he had um, an uncle or something that played too in the NHL. That so. I, I don't know, but Jack Drury is a current Carolina hurricane. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. So, uh, well, what, so before, before we let Mike loose on Chris Drury, like what, what made you like, <laughs> do, like, so I guess with, with all three of these guys and we haven't really revealed our third guy yet, what was it that sort of stuck out to you about, was it like a beautiful mind sort of thing where you're kind of like putting pieces together and you come up with these three guys and you're like, Oh yeah. yeah. Or was there like a, one of these guys that kind of stuck out to you as like, Hey, we should oh, do it this. Was, it was, it was, it was um, Nick Vachon first of all, because yeah. I was just tickled pink that he had, that I just, when I discovered that he'd uh, been an Islander, <laughs> but right. beyond that, um, just the connection with our third guy whom we haven't in- introduced oh, okay. yet. And just having just much more famous fathers of some sort. Mm. And just saying to myself, you know, that's in, it, the you know, I, I, the, the Ted Drury thing didn't actually. I believe it was, uh, I believe you, uh, Dan, you came up with that. Oh, okay. <laughs> and because of the because of the relationship with uh, with Christopher, but mm. again, if we wanted to say that, well, he does have a, a son, and mm. this turns out that the son has two goals and two career NHL games so far. So good <laughs> on you, Jack. Uh, that's, and two, two goals, by the way, is exactly what his dad did for the Islanders in 55 and, games. Well, there you go. He's already got family bragging rights. So there you there, go. There's that. Um, and we say this, of course, you know, with the, with the unnecessary, but I think I feel I should mention it anyway, that, you know, his two career goals with the Islanders are two more career goals than the three of us combined. That is obviously <laughs> goes with that but yes <laughs> you know but, i i, I have yeah. this conversation often when people say that guy you know that guy's terrible that guy's terrible he might be terrible by nhl standards but you know he could show up in in his stocking feet and crush any beer <laughs> that you wanted to wanted to line up against. yeah that's true. i that's was like... reminded of that i was watching a documentary on roller hockey international uh, oh wow um yeah you can find it on youtube actually um that's cool that's where i found it mm-hmm. uh, and it was I, I remembered i have a personal connection tenuously with that because mm. one day at an open skate where you know where i used to play in edison uh tony zabo who was a roller hockey international all-star showed up just to you know get some exercise in and one of his teammates at the time was i believe a teammate of mine in in, in a local league once somewhere along the way so i, I, I you know mm-hmm. it was cool to be able to talk with him again and you know he'd gone on to the big time um and well, whenever Zabo wanted to, he did whatever he wanted to. And no one, I mean, <laughs> people would just fall out of his path without, you know, because the, the few times he decided to try, it was very obvious that this was somebody who was uh, playing an entirely different sport than the rest <laughs> of us buffered. I swear, he took a wrist shot and knocked my stick out of my hand. It was like the Lone Ranger shooting the gun out of the, <laughs> out of the bad guy's hand. It was like, Pring! and then my stick went flying. But the puck stayed out, and I was, I was as proud as a pig in the mud. That's I'll tell you right there, <laughs> it stayed out. But he got his revenge because he made me look like an idiot on a breakaway. It's like, That's funny. If, if any, well, anyone who's a goalie would tell you, you, you get you, after a while, you just know when a guy's made his move. Mm. And I, I, I had him. I'm convinced. I read him and I moved with him. And then he just stopped the move halfway, and I just <laughs> slid right out of his path. Anyone on eye level, they'd have they'd have blown they'd have blown a tire and fallen over. They'd have hit me in the chest. They'd have missed the net. They'd have lost the puck. He just literally hit pause, and I just sort of slid aside, and then he scored in the open net and skated away. <laughs> and I said, "Okay, I think I know my role in life." <laughs> that's funny. No, but that's true. Like, yeah, you, know, you think about the worst guy in your favorite team, who's probably some goon or whatever, 
He yeah. would, if he showed up on a local rink, he would school everybody. He'd be Wayne Gretzky. Like he would, he exactly. would absolutely obliterate you. <laughs> Ted Drury would score two goals on every shot. And, yeah, and <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, but uh, I remember Ted Drury playing. He was an okay player. He was a defensive center, you know, yeah. the kind of guy most, most people have, but you know, again, as, as the Islanders were want to have in those days, you know, he was an okay player on a good team. Meanwhile, in the Islanders, he was get, probably getting like, you know, second or third line minutes when he really shouldn't have been and uh, and was relied on far too much. But obviously, whatever he did wasn't what his brother was doing at around that time. And uh, now <laughs> yes. we're still stuck with Chris Drew and we just can't get rid of this guy. Um. So, so yeah, like if you've been listening to the show, you, you know that or to Islanders anxiety, you probably heard me talk about how um one of my friends from college and college roommates for, for three years was chris drury's brother-in-law uh hmm. and i always would tell him uh like my relationship with chris drury even though he he d- doesn't know who i am or anything is was complicated because he did score that huge goal against the rangers uh mm-hmm. for the sabers in right you know was that 2009 maybe I, and because mm-hmm. i think i was in college and and you know i was like that was you know i was probably so excited uh or it was earlier than that actually because he signed with the rangers whatever um you can still he for some reason whenever you say chris drury you just hear it in sam rosen's voice no matter what <laughs> well, it, well because then he became like like he went from scoring that goal to you know breaking every, the rangers hearts and and to becoming a ranger and becoming the ranger mm. I mean, this guy's not a ranger he's, he's a saber like that it's it's he's he's a saber he scored a ton of big goals he was their captain that that was one of their best teams ever uh Mm-hmm. The 07 they, team, I believe it was. 07, yeah. And, and they, they, they maybe won the President's Trophy there or whatever. Yeah. They were close. Like, they were a force. The Islanders, um, yeah, because it was the team that eliminated the Islanders in the closest five-game series of all time. Uh, and then they, <laughs> they ended up taking out the Rangers, I guess, in the next round or whatever. But, um, you know, that team was was great. And then, and then yeah, then uh, the summer that we lost Smith and Pody and Kozlov and all those guys, you know, there were all those rumors that the Islanders were – in on Drury and Gomez and uh, he, yeah, he, mm-hmm. the Islanders had, he was one of, you know, the, ne- the next series podcast that we do where we talk about players, uh, it's going to be the Islanders offered him more money uh, and it's just going to be all free agents. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be all free agents that, that turned down and not just yeah. more money, but like, when, cause when you say it like that, it, it sounds so arbitrary. But mm-hmm. that's another team that you could put together and say, hey, they would have been a contender. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Specialized in that sort of thing for, you know. It was, yeah. And, and, but like, think about the money that they turned down to not play for the Islanders. Oh, here's an extra $8 million. Mm. No, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go, I'll, 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 and by the way, I'm going to stay in the same state, play the same taxes. Mm. Uh, it just, and Did- just not do, deal with that. Yeah. Um, in reverse, Christian Ehrhoff, who going going yeah. to Buffalo after we offered him however many years, and he's like, "No, nah, no, nah, I'd yeah. rather live. I'd rather live in Buffalo than play for the Islanders." <laughs> <laughs> um, but so a couple years later, at my friend's twenty first birthday party, I had a chance to. Um, I I met Chris a couple times, and uh, I was younger then, so I was more mature. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and I, I was able to kind of, you know, keep myself, uh, together because you know, yeah. one of my favorite other, you know, as like a side tangent here was what my friend who's Emmett, his, his name, his, his, who was related to Chris, his best friend growing up was Patrick Chris Miller's younger brother. Oh, God. Um, so there's like all these connections here and, and I was like, you know what, I don't want to mess up my chance to, you know, become pals with Patrick Chris Miller or, or, you know, Chris Drury or whatever. So like, I'll, I'll be nice and. Um, when it became evident that that wasn't happening, uh, and I was like, you know, 21st birthday party and I saw him and we were talking and I was like, you know, like, I can't believe you turned down, you know, more money from the Islanders. Like that team was, they they were going places. We just, you know, had that crazy playoff run or whatever. And and he just looked at me. He's like, I think I made the right choice. (laughs) Um, Oh, dude. Yeah. And I was like, damn, like, he, he, you know, he was just chirping back at me and, oh, yeah. um, 
Smash cut to leave off in his basement with a with a dart <laughs> with a with a dartboard with Chris Jury's head. Yeah, but then so like even though he goes fast. over to the other the cork board with the with the different red strings and mm. Jury and Riss Miller. <laughs> no, I, no, I, I still got nothing but love for Riss Miller. Um, <laughs> but we, you know, you fast forward now, and it, it like even when he was on the Rangers, it was like predetermined that this guy was going to be like a Rangers GM or coach at some point. Like they made him mm-hmm. the captain and like, you know, they, it just, it just like was so clear the way the media talked about him, everything, you know, you know they stole, he, they, he stole their legacy. It's like, people don't remember that Messier was an oiler. Right. Oh, yeah. Greatest Ranger captain ever. Take it. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it was like, he was a Kennedy too. Like, like, you know, he's, he's coming from, you know, he's from Connecticut, but like he won the, the Little League World Series, and we were reminded of that every time the Islanders and oh, yeah. Ra- or you watched a Ranger game. And um, but then yeah, so he, it he was ends this up clutchy, clutch leadership in, in the baseball. <sighs> yeah, game. clutch, clutch. I mean, and he did score goals against us every time that the Islanders ever played whatever team he was on. Uh, but so did everybody. No, so, uh, but it, it, when he fulfilled that destiny to become the Rangers GM, it just happened to be. First, like the, the summer, it 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 was clearly um, it was clearly coming. Like like this this like they made him the assistant GM, and it was it was like I said, like everything seemed predetermined with this. And then uh, he goes from this guy's trading Pavel Buchnevich in a terrible trade, signing Ryan Reeves and and Barclay Goodrow to Goodrow especially to like big deal, and these are bad moves. But the Rangers just end up. Having one of the, yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. like the most insane horseshoe up the ass season you've ever seen, (laughs) and now people are talking about like, and first of all, like the only players that he acquired for this team were like the guys I just mentioned, and then he did make those moves at the deadline, but Mm -hmm. um, they all left, (laughs) (laughs) they all left, and they and and like it's it's just like all this praise gets heaped on him. And you're like this. This is this is like typical Rangers and also Jury, where it's like mm. those aren't his guys. Like we we right. still hear that like Lou Lamarillo is winning with Gar Snow's guys. <laughs> Gar Snow hasn't been the Islanders GM in six years, and like right. but with Jury, it's different. Like this is this guy. He's the sharpest guy ever. And, um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's a classic Islander situation where the whole hockey world seems to love one guy, mm. and, and Jury's one for sure. Um, I mean, you can talk, you can say Tavares a little bit like now and with like uh, the Canadian media and, and they're just like these guys that like they choose as like Mark Andre, like the, everyone on the Penguins teams. Mm, yeah. And as Islander fans, you're like, no, I hate that guy. Like I really do. <laughs> and that's the situation we're here. And um, it's which not is you hate the person it's you hate that they, all of a sudden they become like this avatar for everyone just, you know, lifting their leg on the Islanders. Right. Right. So the Islanders are the Frank Grimes of the NHL, really. <laughs> and and it, like it has like uh, you know I know I know this guy probably doesn't qualify for the Weird Islander uh, criteria because he played too many games for us. But like it's almost like every every time I hear Eric Lindros's name, I'm like mm-hmm. I hate that guy. And I was like this guy, he was one of the best players ever. And I was like he, I hate him. I hate mm-hmm. I hated that that Rangers team a lot. Although they weren't that good, like they they got so the Islanders were doing pretty well at that part of the hockey timeline and all you ta- heard about was like this team with Lindros and you know Holik or whoever like whoever the Rangers were were, were bringing in on free agency and and you know, obviously Brett, Brett played for the Islanders so like that's the thing here but like the the Lind like the Lindroses and the juries of the world the guys who I like when when people were talking about the the anniversary of the Lindros trade this summer it's mm. like screw that guy I don't want to talk about Eric Lindros <laughs> I don't want to read about him I hate that guy he's a ranger uh-huh. And he's right. like, like he's not a ranger. He was a flyer, but like when he was on the Rangers, like it was he was a ranger, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like it's like he was a legacy. Uh-huh. Like he'd always been there. But yeah, yeah. Um, I've been doing research for the next season of We're uh, Islanders Award Winners, and there's one thing I came across that I thought was uproariously funny, and it was after the Islanders eliminated the Rangers in '83. This was a season when the Islanders only used two goalies, so you used Billy Smith and Rolly Melanson, and the Rangers uh-huh. used five. Davidson was hurt. He was going to get retired at the end of the year. They had four other guys, Eddie Mio and a bunch of other guys. And uh, it was an article. It was a co- What's that? Glenn Hanlon. Like yeah, guys Glenn like Hanlon. That. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so there was a column by Dave Anderson. It was a great column, as always most Anderson columns are. And he said, you know, if you have five goalies, you don't really have any. And you need to have 
just settle on two guys. And uh, my favorite thing was that this, there was a part where he talks about how there have been rumors that the Rangers are interested in bringing Vladislav Tretiak into the fold. <laughs> and I was like, of course there were rumors that they were yeah. going to sign Vladislav Tretiak. Of course. Because of and course. He would, be a, he would just be known as he, the, right. a Ranger. Ranger nothing, Ranger to do with, nothing to do with the Ranger Red Ranger legend Vladislav Tretiak. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. That was 1983. So this is not a new phenomenon by any means. But, no, well, uh, they signed Guy Lafleur when he was an act, yeah. when he was an actual Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, right. They brought him back. Yeah. So it, yeah, this know, is crazy. But yeah, but uh, but yeah. So anyway, Ted Drury, Chris Drury. I I prefer Ted to Chris, obviously, oh, yeah. but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's marginal. Yeah, mm, I don't know. Um, no, no video of Ted Drury uh, with the Islanders, but I did find him fighting another future weird Islander, Jason Daw, in a game <laughs> that did not involve the Islanders. In a- but Jansen's had locked up with LaFontaine, but now we've got Daw and Drury battling away from the play. Drury trying to get a left going here against Jason Daw. And down they go. So, Ted Drury, that's all you're going to get. <laughs> Thank you very much for your uh, your Islanders. He, he, he image of Ted Drury that comes to my mind for some reason is him uh, and, and another weird Islander because uh, they wore the same jersey and they, they kind of I feel like they were wore it similarly was Jim Cummins like and they're both oh, former yeah. Ducks and whatever like I just feel like Ted Drury and Jim Cummins were in my in my head they're always grouped together. <laughs> Jim Cummins was was a goon. That guy was. Oh yeah, he was loved yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, well, he'll, he'll, oh yeah, I, I make sure he's on the list too. Anyway, <laughs> next time. Okay, uh, so now we're on to our last guy, and we've teased him a little bit. Um, this is a guy who is sort of, if you know, if you're an Islanders fan for a long enough time, if you're old enough, this sort of you start to hear like, wait, who's who was an Islander? Whose son was an Islander? And so I'm really glad you picked this guy because I didn't know if there was another way to get him to, on the show. But I'm glad that we're doing it this way because now we can talk about him because it is such a bizarre story that this guy was an Islander. The only one of the three, incidentally, who was drafted by the Islanders. That is true. Actually, I didn't realize that. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're right. So he is a homegrown Islander, and he's got a backstory. He's been homegrown for four whole games. Uh, so you, will you please reveal the final piece of the puzzle of tonight's episode of Weird Islanders, the podcast? Well, I want to tell all you Hulkamaniacs out there that this guy's the real deal. It's Todd Okerlund. That's right, son, brother. The son of Mean Gene Okerlund. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, or, well, uh, for the Islanders, I guess we should be going, woo. But, yeah. uh, I can't do that. No. My voice uh, does not work that way. <laughs> uh, in case any of you are wondering if we've all had some sort of psychological break, no, my, that's not, that's not we're that Islander happens. fans. I think that's self-evident. That is probably true. Yeah, we all we're all <laughs> suffering from some sort of PTSD. But no, so Todd Oakland was the son of the legendary Mean Gene Oakland, who was wrestling broadcaster for many years. I believe he started in NWA out in Minnesota. Spent most of his time in WWF interviewing. Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. Macho Man Randy Savage, Andre the Giant, Rowdy Roddy Piper, these guys, and really helped, really truly helped make them like as big as stars as they were back then. With the brand new World Wrestling Federation champion, Hulk Hogan, you proved it to thousands and thousands of fans, not only here tonight in Madison Square Garden, but throughout the wrestling world. You know some meeting, they proved it to themselves. All I asked was for the whole WWE to stand behind the holster, and I told him I'd bring it home for the USA. You know some meeting, it is the dream of a lifetime, Daddy. Oh. And you know something? I can't imagine this is like going to the mountaintop a thousand times over. I feel the energy. Hulkamania is running worldwide. And it just turns me on me, Gene. And I felt every one of those 25, 30 plus thousand people with me standing behind me all the way. And it felt great. Well, you have arrived, Hulk Hogan. I've never seen anything as beautiful as this, me, Gene. This belt is part of yours, too. It's everybody out there. Oh, 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 Moved on to WCW for a while. Is a WWE Hall of Fame. Is a legend in, in the wrestling Absolutely. business. Absolutely. Well, his and, genius was yeah. he just played it straight the whole yes. way while all this nonsense is going on around him. He was it's absolutely dedicated right. to none of this is crazy. None of it. <laughs> just keeping the straightest face. Yeah. While the most amazing, which 
probably now that I think about it, is excellent preparation for his son to become an Islander <laughs> during the time frame that we're that we're talking about. But yeah, Mean Gene was absolutely the legend, and, uh, and probably kind of started in a, an inadvertent way just the love affair between Islander fans and wrestling because of the connections yeah. with you know using Ric Flair's woo and after goals <laughs> and and the yes 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 chant. Yeah. So uh, I mean, it's 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 been a long and fruitful relationship. Right. Well, Mean Gene no doubt was intimately familiar with Nassau Coliseum before his son was drafted. So he was drafted mm-hmm. in the eighth round in 1982. Out of uh, Minnesota, he played four years at the University of Minnesota and played very well. Played for the U.S. national team, played for Team USA at the 84 World Juniors, in the 88 Olympics. And, in fact, he scored a goal in the 88 Olympics, and we found video of that. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, when you, when I'm, when I do these things, so before we do the episodes, I kind of put together a little sheet on everybody. And, you know, I, I go to YouTube, obviously, and a lot of times nothing comes up. But when when this came up, I was like, no, this dude scored a goal in the Olympics. And not only that. But when he scored, Al Michaels is on the call, and he says, the son of Mean Gene Okerlund, in the way I'm trying to do my Al Michaels impersonation. But, like, I was I was literally in tears. I was like, oh, my God, this is so, so surreal. This time of the game, 11 minutes or so to go, you got to go with your best. Craig Janney in with Kevin Miller. Miller sends it back out to the blue line, kept in by Gosselin. He shot wide, and then Okerlund is there, puts it in. scoring and there's Bedlam at the Sandal Dome now. That was just straight effort by Todd Okerlund. It looked as if the puck was covered in the crease. You can see the shot. It misses the net and comes back out. Now everything looks in under control, but the puck was loose. The referee saw that it was loose, did not blow his whistle quite properly. And now it is a one-goal game. Todd Okerlund, the son of the famed wrestling announcer Mean Gene Okerlund, a man who did not dress for the first two games. In fact, a lot of people thought he might be one of the cuts coming into the Olympics, but he survived. He dresses tonight for the first time. He makes the score 6-5 with 10.52 to play in the game. So the U.S. team, down by four going into the period, is now down by uh, he was a pretty good player. Like he definitely deserved to be mm-hmm. drafted. Unfortunately, his Islanders career didn't amount to much. Like I said, four games, two penalty minutes. That was it. And um, he battled some chronic knee issues for a very, very long time. And so he, he ended up not really, you know, never really sticking with mm-hmm. uh, the big club, but, uh, but boy, it, it's weird. And it's always been sort of this sort of like weird sort of local, you know, folklore legend. Oh yeah. Yeah. The Islanders drafted me and Gene son. Uh, but like, there's a lot there that is probably a pretty interesting story. Yeah, it wasn't. It was. It wasn't a novelty thing no. like uh, like some of the other players at the. Uh, you know, you have to think. Unfortunately, and I feel terrible about this because again, going back to this guy would dominate any of the leagues that we would ever play in. Right. Um, and on song, you know, or right. there was a goaltender that would be a Cody Rosen. Cody yeah. Rosen. There you go. The legend of Cody Rosen. I knew one of you guys would get the name before I would, yeah. but it, it's. Yeah, they would occasionally do that. And, you know, mm. for a seventh round pick, that's when you want to do something like right. that. Because why not? You know, if mm. a guy goes from Mr. Irrelevant to even making your AHL team, you've probably <laughs> done a really good. great job. Right. But it's, you know, it's, yeah, he deserved, he deserved his shot, you know. Yeah. He, he, played, I, he was a good player. I thought you were going to talk about guys like, because we had talked about this too before coming on, guys like Blake Kessel. <laughs> David Taves, yes. like these types of people. Uh, oh, um, who, who was the other guy? There was another weird brother. Oh, um, Matt Goudreau, Johnny's other brother, you know? So like. Mm-hmm. I had uh, forgotten yeah. about him. Yeah. <laughs> so like this also, this tradition continues today of sort of getting a guy because his last name is one people remember, but Todd Oakland really kind of wasn't like that. Uh, and of course uh, his, you know, his dad's legacy lives on to this day. And in fact, after getting out of hockey, Todd ran uh, a website where he sold clips of like classic wrestling uh, to, to anybody in any you know stations that needed it and stuff like that. So he got, he went right back into the, the family business, so to speak. He got out of his <laughs> own go. business and right back into the family business. So mm-hmm. uh, that was pretty interesting, but uh, man, I wish there was some like actual video of him playing for the Islanders. Cause I, but I, I think the Al Michaels thing is pretty cool. Like I think yes. <laughs> Al, Al knew right away. Right. Yeah. So, so there you go. Um, mm-hmm. 
I, yeah. in, in passing, I do want to mention this. Uh, one of his teammates at the 88 Olympics was another future Weird Islander. Yeah. Craig Janney. Yes. If you missed that episode, check it out from last year with Dom. Uh, that's a whole other sordid tale. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, a very weird Islander. And uh, yeah, he was a guy who uh, talked about getting somebody for his last name. Uh, and it uh, did not work out that well. well but, you know, uh, it was it's fun to, to, to have a callback to an earlier episode. Always, always. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Well, yeah, the Janney episode, too, was like it, it was our first season finale. And, and, and it was almost like a because of the twists and turns, it felt like a, you know, late nineties, early two thousands network television, like lost season finale. <laughs> like here's, here's the clip. Here's the episode we're going to leave you on to make sure you come back in, in September. Uh, you know, like some like USA network straight to straight to syndication show, right? <laughs> dropping, dropping little bits of story along the way. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, that was, that was a really good one. So, so there you go. Nick Vashon, Ted Drury, Todd Okerlund. You didn't know they were Islanders before but you sure as heck do now. Yeah. And that is thanks to our friend, Mike Basili. So uh, yeah, I mean, this was great. I, I, I mean, this was so much fun and, and what a great oh, idea. Yeah. And I, like I said, I'm so glad we were able to work these guys in because like, I, I didn't know if we were ever going to get Todd Oakland on there, but he was definitely on the list for a long I'm time. Glad to find a hook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these yeah, these names, out. you know, I think we made this joke last season. I maybe if we didn't, um, like that, like the Islanders Hall of Fame banner that that like had like the same six guys. They, they like started it and then they just completely ignored it. Uh, <laughs> we'll hopefully, we'll get a a weird Islanders banner now. Now Nick Vashon and yeah. Ted Drury and uh, Todd Okerlund are now on 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 the banner with with the luminaries like like Brian Ralston. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I will say this, Todd Okerlund, if you're listening, if anybody who knows Todd Okerlund is listening, please get in touch with the Islanders so you, we can see you at an alumni day real Absolutely. soon. Because but people... God, it's, t- it's Todd yeah. Okerlund's music. By God, King. It's, <laughs> it's Todd Okerlund's music. Look out, Trim. Let me Where tell you something. Where did from? <laughs> that'd be, that'd be nasty. Now, then, then the worst part is like, usually we end up going down, you know, these, these episodes lead us down like, YouTube rabbit holes of old Islanders. This one's going to lead me down an old wrestling rabbit hole of like mean oh, yeah. interviews and stuff like that. Cause uh, I, I had his action figure. I had the rubber, like, LJ Oh my action gosh. Figure. Yeah, so. <laughs> I love oh. that. Guy. It was great. And did you have the little ring too, where you could like, you know, throw people into the, no, and stuff? the ring oh. was too expensive. No. Yeah. Was that was the Holy grail. Yeah. Wasn't it? I saved my, I saved the big ones for the GI Joe tanks mm. and things like that. So I did the wrestling ring. I, I felt that my bed was good enough as a wrestler. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but uh but Mike, this has been a lot of fun. I hope you've enjoyed yourself and uh thanks for coming. Blast. It's good it's good to be here. Good to be around. Thank you yeah. for asking me. No problem. We'll we'll get you back on again and we'll uh we'll see what other uh what else you can you can find in that in that giant list that <laughs> I didn't even see. Uh so we we appreciate your keen uh eyesight and looking at the trying to trying to piece together the, the things here. It worked out really, really well. Uh where can everybody find you on Twitter? Ah, uh, well, if you um, have the stomach for the for the bird site, I my <laughs> my handle is Nightfly Blog. So follow Mike at Nightfly Blog. Uh, Michael Leboff, make sure you read his work at Action Network. Uh, where can everybody find you on Twitter? Uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's. Always follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. Read his work at Action Network. Uh, we'll be back uh, with uh, another episode of Islanders Anxiety very very shortly, I'm sure. And uh, read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up to date Islanders news and discussion. We will be back again in a few weeks with another episode of Weird Islanders. And until then, keep the Islanders weird. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye.